Hi, and welcome to the Annex Podcast Elevate YM Edition. We're a youth group at the Building Christian Fellowship that believes that you can have a real and relevant relationship with Jesus, even at a young age. And we pray you enjoyed this message from last Thursday. As we were saying, last week we talked about this is the way, and we spoke from John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. And what we talked about as the way being Jesus Christ, three points that we had said was, Place your faith in Jesus in the midst of doubts. Jesus has prepared a place for us. And our last point was Jesus provides an exclusive way to heaven that includes anyone who will trust in him. Those are the points that we talked about. And and in its entirety, what we were talking about is what is God's plan for eternity? Now, now for some of you guys, that might be a lot to fathom. Eternity is a long, 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 very long time. But today we're going to take it down a little bit. We're going to go from the big grand scheme of eternity into how and what God's plan is just for the day. Can we, can, we, can we work with that this week? Can we work about what God's plan is for the day? Now, I know you guys are going through a difficult time right now in school. You know, for some of you guys, it's difficult having to be at home and, and, and you might be having trouble time, you know, doing your schoolwork and stuff like that. I can't imagine what, what, what school would be like, let alone high school would be like during quarantine. So I'm encouraging you guys Keep doing your work, stay diligent, ask for help if you need help, and, and get them good grades, all right? But I was thinking back earlier this week, and I was thinking back to one of the classes I had. I don't know if you guys have ever had that teacher that, like, you know, they kind of taught, but, like, majority of the time you're watching videos in their classroom, like, you're always watching movies in that class. Anybody ever had a teacher like that? I had this particular teacher that, you know, I'm not going to name any names or name any classes, but 80% of the time we were watching movies. It kind of had to do with the subject, but we were watching movies. And there was one particular movie that always kind of stuck with me, and it kind of led me to talk about what we're going to talk about tonight. And that movie was Dead Poet Society. Now, Dead Poet Society is a really great movie. If you got a chance, I'm not saying it's a Christian movie. I'm not saying that I, I what, what do they say on Twitter? Like, I'm not agreeing or, or condoning everything that's in this movie. What I'm saying is it was good television. It was just Hollywood. I'm not expecting them to know everything about the Bible, all these different things. But anyways, I was thinking about Dead Poet Society, and there's this particular scene in the movie that is, like, ranked as the top 100 uh, 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 scenes of, like, all time in cinema ever. It's, like, number 95 out of 100. It might not seem like a lot, but you got to think about how many movies are there, right? So there's this particular scene in the movie where they talk about this particular phrase, And we're going to watch that scene real quick. Now, Mr. Pitts. It's a rather unfortunate name. Mr. Pitts. Where are you? Mr. Pitts, will you open your hymnal to page 542? Read the first stanza of the poem you find there. To the virgins to make much of time? Yes. That's the one. Somewhat appropriate, isn't it? <laughs> Gather ye rosebuds while ye may. Old time is still a flying. And this same flower that smiles today, tomorrow will be dying. Thank you, Mr. Pitts. Gather ye rosebuds while ye may. The Latin term for that sentiment is carpe diem. Now, who knows what that means? Carpe diem. That cease the day. Very good, Mr. Meeks. Meeks. Another unusual name. Seize the day. Gather ye rosebuds while ye may. 
Why does the writer use these lines? Because he's in a hurry. No. Ding. Thanks for playing anyway. Because we are food for worms, lads. Because believe it or not, each and every one of us in this room is one day going to stop breathing, turn cold, and die. I'd like you to step forward over here and peruse some of the faces from the past. You've walked past them many times. I don't think you've really looked at them. They're not that different from you, are they? Same haircuts, full of hormones, just like you. Invincible, just like you feel. The world is their oyster. They believe they're destined for great things, just like many of you. Their eyes are full of hope, just like you. Did they wait until it was too late to make from their lives even one iota of what they were capable? Because you see, gentlemen, these boys are now fertilizing daffodils. But if you listen real close, you can hear them whisper their legacy to you. Go on, lean in. Listen, you hear it? No, in all seriousness, man, like I said, it's a pretty good movie. I encourage y'all, if y'all got a chance, go check it out. But the phrase that he had said in Latin was carpe diem, which means to seize the day. Now, I did a little research, and, and this phrase goes way back farther than this movie that came out in 1989. This, this phrase goes even back farther than the poem that was written in 1568. This phrase, this, this phrase that was said goes back to like B.C. time. It was written by a Roman uh, poet. I already forgot his name. It was like Horatio or Horace or something like that. I can't remember. But the, the phrase is a lot bigger than just carpe diem. See, carpe diem does mean seize the day, but the, the, the full Latin phrase is carpe diem quam minimum credula postero. It's almost like sounds like Spanish or something like that, right? It sounds real exotic. But anyways, that phrase means seize the day. Put very little trust in tomorrow, the future. Now, again, disclaimer, I'm not saying that this movie is, is in, in any words or means Christian. I'm not saying that the poet that had originally wrote this phrase is in any means or in any way Christian. But there is a particular Christian theme I think we need to look at tonight when we're talking about God's plan for the day. God's plan and how we can carpe diem, how we can seize the day as a believer. Turn with me to James chapter 4. And we're going to start from verse 13. There's nothing new under the sun, you guys. You're going to see a lot of times in, in, in Hollywood and in TV and movies, it's like, isn't that in the Bible? Or doesn't that kind of remind you of the Bible? Listen, they're getting all their stories from the Bible most times more than not. So let's keep it 100. Turn with me to James chapter 4, verse 13. 
In the NLT, it reads this. Look here, you who say, today or tomorrow, we are going to a certain town and we'll stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. Verse 14, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Sound familiar? Your life is like the morning fog, a little bit like the fog this morning in Susun. It's here a little while, then it's gone. What you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own plans, and all such boasting is evil. Remember, it is a sin to know you ought to do and then not to do it. I'm going to say it one more time. Remember, it is a sin to know what you ought to do and then not to do it. Tonight we're talking about carpe diem, how to seize the day as a believer. And I have three questions. I'm not going to be in front of you guys for very long, but I have three questions that's, that is going to help, us allow, help allow us to seize the day as a believer. Here's the first of three questions. What is God's will for my life? What is God's will for my life? And you may have heard that many times as a young person or maybe as a believer where you think, well, I need to figure out what God's will of my life so I can figure out my purpose, so I can figure out what I need to do with the rest of my life, what my career is going to be. Am I going to be an athlete? Am I going to be an actor or actress? Am I going to be a musician? Am I going to be a doctor or a lawyer? Am I going to be a garbage man? Whatever that may be, I want us to think deeper than that tonight. Because a lot of times I find it that when we think about, well, what is God's will for my life, we look at godly people and see what they're doing and think, you know what, I want to do what they're doing, so I'll model myself after them, not adapting what, what God really wants for your life. So we start to cover, so we start to want things that aren't ours. But in order for us to, 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 to really know what God's will is for our lives, you in particular, we have to be able to renew our minds, you guys. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says this, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I, I, it reminds me of like, you guys, you guys know what a universal remote is? Some of you guys might be using it right down to turn me down because like, he wasn't yelling like this earlier, now he's getting all loud. But when you have a universal remote, what it does, it controls all the different functions uh, of your TV. And if you have a surround sound system, the surround sound system, maybe you guys got a real special remote and can control your Xbox or your, your cable box, whatever that may be. But just imagine it like this. Imagine looking for the will of God's life without God is like this. It's like using an old remote. You guys ever had like a really, really old remote and, and, and you tried to put new batteries on it, but it didn't work? And you realize that on the inside that, you know, you ever seen like the batteries corrode and you get all that like crusty like toothpaste looking stuff on the inside? That's what it's like to, to seek after the will of God for your life without God in the process. It's like trying to place power in something that can't receive power in the first place. See, you see, it, when we allow God to renew the way that we think, a renewed mind can receive instruction from God. A renewed mind can receive direction from God. A renewed mind can properly receive the power that God's spirit gives to us. So, so having a renewed mind is like going from a beat up, 
rusty, crusty remote and having something brand new, completely new. And I know that when that power is placed inside the remote, anything I press is going to do. Any instructions that I give it is going to do. If it needs more power, when I give it more power, it's going to receive that power and do exactly what I want it to do. We can't try and receive God's will for our lives without God. So it's important that we renew our minds and change the way that we think. Not in the way that we think is best, not by, by, by making our path just parallel to what we talked about last week, the way of Jesus Christ, the narrow path that God says before us. We're not trying to make a parallel path. We're trying to walk the path. So it's important, you guys, look, renew the way that you think. And this is a daily process, you guys. Don't think that it's just a one-time thing. Don't think it's just, this is something that we do daily. We're talking about seizing the day. Every day you wake up, let's talk about some practical skills here, okay? I don't want to speak all this, this scripture and spiritual stuff and just go over your heads. Let's talk practically. Man, you should be disciplined enough that every morning, you know what? Before I get on Instagram, before I get on Facebook, before I send my babe that good morning text, what I need to do is, is to, to go to the throne. What I need to do is go and consult and talk to God. What I need to do is to give him thanks, to lift up his name, to, to renew my mind before the day starts. So that way, whatever God is sending my way, whatever blessings that, that I try to fabricate on my own, when God sends me the real blessings, I'll be ready to receive it because I've been renewed in Christ. Amen? So it's important, you guys, renew your minds daily. So the first question was, what is God's will for my life? And God's will for our lives is that we be renewed and changed in the way that we think so that he can renew us and fashion us in which so that we can be ready to receive. Now, let, let's, not, let's not act like we don't have wills for our own lives, right? It's the beginning of the year. You, you got New Year's resolutions. Maybe you're trying to save up and get that PS5, <coughs> Judah. Maybe you're trying to get the new Xbox. Maybe you're trying to get something for yourself. Maybe you're trying to aspire to be something. Maybe you're graduating uh, high school this year and you want to do some things. There, it's, 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 it's apparent that you have a will for your life, no matter how big, no matter how small. When you woke up this morning, for those of you guys that, that love sugary cereal, when you got up this morning, you said, you know what, I'm going to make me a big old bowl of Fruit Loops. The will for your life that morning was, look, I'm trying to be happy. Give me some Fruit Loops. No matter how big, no matter how small. But, but here's our second question. The first question what it, it was, what is God's will for my life? Our second question that we want to ask to seize the day as a believer is this. What happens when my will conflicts with God's will? What happens when my will conflicts with God's will. Now, when I think about God, you know, the word uh, constantly talks about God as, as the father. He, t he talks about him as the father. And when I think about being a father myself, a earthly father, I think about my daughter Mariah. Now, just yesterday, she turned three years old. And I don't know if the terrible twos just skipped her in two and we just have terrifying threes. Like, I don't know what's going on right now. But she's kind of going through this mode right now. She's, she, she calls herself trying to tell us no and I don't want to, and I can't, and it's funny, like, every morning, like, you know, usually I get up in the morning, Erica is, is up in the middle of the night with the baby, and every now and again, Mariah come kick the door, and Erica is usually handling the night shift, usually I handle the morning shift, I get up, and make breakfast for, for, for Mariah, and it might be anywhere between, I don't know, if I'm feeling, you know, really dad-like, I'll make some eggs and bacon, you know, some grits or whatever, blah, 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 but most times, more than not, it's like you either oatmeal or, or cereal or like Honey Nut Cheerios or something like that, right? And there are times where 
I know that the, 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 the cereal or the food or whatever I'm going to give her is going to be nourishing for, for her whatever I give her, right? There are times where she'll throw a tantrum when she's like, no, daddy, I want eggs. Uh, first off, you're going to eat the oatmeal because I, I'm not going to give you something that's going to harm you. I'm not going to give you something that's going uh, 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 to rob you of your need. I'm not going to supply you with something that's, that's going to uh, 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 leave you in some type of detriment or some type of, like, bad place. I love you, Mariah. I, I, I care for you. I, I, I try to make uh, an environment for you to be safe. I, you're safe with me. That's the same type of way that God feels towards us. He's like, look, sometimes you might not like what I give you, but what I give you is the thing that you need. There are many times in our lives where we're going to have wills. Like, it might seem like it's godly, but God's like, that's not my will for you. That's not what I have for you. You know, some of you guys might be aspiring to be something one day, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't have ambitions. I'm not saying that you shouldn't work hard for the things that you have in your life. Keep working hard. Keep doing those things. But we have to consult the will of God first. We have to see what God wants for our lives before we try to fashion a way to do what we want for our lives. So, so, so when it reads in Isaiah chapter 55, it says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. It, it, it talks constantly about how, how we, we, we serve a God that knows exactly what we're going through. That we serve a God that, that knows our needs way before we even think about when we need it. That we, we serve a God that is so wise, that is so smart, that is so calculated that he knows when to give what we need when we need it. So for those of you guys that are sitting here thinking to yourself like, well, you know what? I need more freedom, so I'm going to sneak out the house. Or you know what? I need more freedom, so uh, 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 I need to get this certain thing. So I'll just steal a couple, a couple dollars out of my mom's purse. Well, uh, uh, I, I need to be able to do what I want, so I'm just going to lie to my mom this one time or two. That's not God's will for your life. God's will for your life isn't to steal. God's will for your life isn't to lie. God's will for your life isn't to cheat. God's will for your life is to be righteous. Your God's will for your life is, is, is to come to a knowledge of who he is, to, to, to be able to love him and, and to obey his commandments. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So what do we do when God's will and, and our will come and they collide? Because they will. In James chapter 4, verse 10, it says this. He gives us the plainest, most, 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 reasonable like explanation on what we're supposed to do when our will conflicts with God's will. Y'all ready? James chapter 4 verse 10. It says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Like JR, what, I don't understand how that, 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 that whole conflict that can be resolved with this verse. Let me explain. To humble yourselves in the original language, when it says humble, it means to make low, to, to, to level, meaning to make it even, to, to reduce, to make it uh, reduced to a certain plane. When you're humbling yourself, he's like, look, God, in this situation, I'm going to lift up your will over my will. In this situation, I believe that your will is much more important than what my will is for this situation. Because a part of us humbling ourselves as believers is a sign of faith. 
It's saying, you know what? I re- God, I really, really feel like if I do this certain thing in this situation, it's going to be best for me. But you know what? Even in my own knowledge, I know I'm, I'm not anywhere close to being as understanding as you are. So, God, I'm trusting you in this situation. God, I'm scared. God, I'm afraid. God, I don't know what's going to happen next. Uh, I want to make a decision out of fear. I want to make a decision out of my anxiety. But you know what? I'm going to trust in your word. I'm going to trust in, in the word that you have given me to guide me in my footsteps, to be a light to my path. That's the type of faith that we have to have, that, that, that even in the midst of us knowing, even in the midst of us having all the right information and, and having all the variables, that we still trust God in the process. Is that we, we, when we come into conflict with God's will, when what we're doing comes into conflict with God's will, we have to humble ourselves before God and allow God to reign in our lives. And by allowing God to reign in our lives is by allowing him and trusting in his commandments that he's given us and to work them through in our lives. To humble ourselves means to make low, to reduce, to, to a plane. And here's another part that I found really, uh, really um just encouraging. When it says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Now, now I found that phrase kind of peculiar. Like, what does he mean by lift you up? Like, if I'm just humble in this one situation, and I get a promotion, or maybe I'm on a team or something like that, and, and maybe if I humble myself in this situation, God will make me a starter. No, that's not what it's saying. It's saying this. It's saying, lift you up in the, in the original language means this, to lift up on high, to exalt, to raise to very summit of opulence and prosperity, and then it says to exalt, to raise to dignity, honor, and happiness. Now, I'm not saying tonight that if, if, if you follow God, then you'll get a Mercedes. That's, that's not the message that we preach here at the building. I'm not saying that if you follow God, uh, there will be a million dollars in your bank account tonight. Like, no, that's not that kind of, y- y'all seen them Facebook posts like, my children will like this post if they're my children, but if they're the children of the devil, then they'll skip by. That, that, that's not how God works, okay? What it's saying is this, is like, look, if you humble yourself, if you place yourself low, then I'll exalt you. If, if, you, if you take the humble route, then I'll exalt you. That's not just being like, oh, well, you know, you know, real quiet and all this other stuff. No. It means in the decisions that I make, I trust God. In the thoughts that I have, I trust God. In, 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 in the hormones and the feelings that I have, I trust God's word over my feelings. That, that I trust God's goodness over my own goodness. That I trust God's righteousness over my own righteousness. That's what it means to humble ourselves. Now, 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 when we're talking about what the will of God is for our day, when it talks about humbling ourselves, a lot of times, I know y'all get in arguments, and I know y'all got, some of y'all, some of y'all, man, are, 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 are quick with the tongue, man, like quick to say something crazy, to say something fire. You might even be right. But you know what humbling yourself looks like? It means, you know what, I could fire back at you, but I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love you instead. I could throw hate at you right now, but you know what? I'm going to be humble instead. Mom, you know what? Mom, you've been getting on my nerves all week. We've been cooped up in this house. You've been in your office. I've been at the kitchen table, and you're getting on my nerves. But you know what? In spite of how I'm feeling right now, I'm going to humble myself to my parent. That's what humility looks like. If we look at Jesus, if we look at the Savior, if we look at, at, the, at the way that he lived his life when he was here on earth, he always took humility. 
He always took the humble route. He always shows us how to live in humility. Even when people try to give him the credit, he's like, not my will, it's the Father's will. When he was in the Garden of Gethsemane getting ready to be crucified, he prayed. He had, he had feelings. He's like, I am sorrowful unto death. I could literally die right now. I'm sweating blood. Look at, look at the scripture. Bro, Jesus, Father Jesus was sweating blood, stressing. In, it had the anxiety like, if it, be, if it be your will, God, listen to this prayer. If it be your will, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, your will be done. Isn't it peculiar how unified the word of God is? That James came way, the book of James came way after Jesus had said this, and yet the theme still stays the same. That he says, nevertheless, your will be done. God, I'm stressing, I'm in anxiety, I want you to take this thing up off of me, and and, and if it be your will, I want you to take this thing up off of me, but nevertheless, your will be done. Like, just like James is saying in James chapter 4, it's saying, look, the plans that you're making for tomorrow, rather than you saying, well, you know, tomorrow or in a year from now, I'm going to be doing all these different things, the mindset that we need to have is, look, God willing, if God wants me to do this, if, if God is leading me to do this, if God is, is telling me to do this, then it will be done. That is the mindset that we have to have as believers. That if it is God's will, I'm going to pass this test. That if it's God's will, then I'm going to do this. If it's God's will, I'm going to do that. So our first question was this. What is God's will for my life? Our second question was what happens when my will conflicts with God's will? And our last question is this. How will I respond to God's will today? How will I respond to God's will today? And I'll end with this story in Matthew chapter 8. It reads this. It says, when Jesus saw the crowd around him, he instructed his disciples to cross to the other side of the lake. Then one of the teachers of religious law said to him, teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. But Jesus replied, foxes have dens to live in and birds have nests. But the Son of Man has no place even to lay his head. Another of his disciples said, Lord, first let me return home and bury my father. But Jesus told him, follow me later. Oh, wait, 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 wait. It says, follow me now. Let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. Dang, Jesus. Why you got to be so harsh? Jesus, he's just going to bury his dad. He seems like he's doing a good thing, right? But Jesus is saying to him in this very moment, now is the time for you to follow me. My will for you right now is for you to follow me. And much like that story in Matthew a a long time ago, it is the same uh, 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 um, will for the Father now is that you follow him, is that you submit to him is that you consult with him, that you commune with him. JR, what do you mean by commune? Commune basically means to have relationship, to have constant conversation, to have a realization of of, of what each party is. 
So, so here's the invitation. Here's the will of God tonight is that you submit to his will. His will is that you're saved. His will is that you're set free. His will is that you live a life in freedom. And here's the question that you need to ask yourself tonight. How will you respond to God's will today? How will you res- respond to God's will tonight? How will you respond to God's will in this very moment? Listen, tomorrow is not promised. We read it in scripture in James chapter 4 already that it says life is but like, like fog in the morning. It's here today and gone the next moment. You know this already, and I hate to go down this route. You've had family members that have been sick this past year that have lost their lives. You've had friends that have lost their lives. You've had friends of friends that have lost their lives. That's how quick it can happen. I'm encouraging you guys to allow Jesus to be Lord and Savior of your life. Will you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you tonight, God. God, God, that we receive your will for our lives right now, for today, God. God, that the only way that we can find our will for your lives is by renewing our minds, God. God, that today as as our wills conflict with yours, God, that, that, that we won't lift up our wills over yours, God. We won't exalt our own wills over yours, God, in pride, but we will humble humble ourselves, God, so that we can we can we can repent to you, God. We show our humility tonight, God, by repenting. By taking our will, Lord God, and treating it like the thing that it is, Lord God, it's trash. God, God, that we that we want to adopt what you will is for our lives, God. That your will be done in our lives, Lord. That we will not hesitate, Lord God, to to, to repent and to turn towards you tonight. God, we ask tonight that you you create in us clean hearts, that you renew in us right spirits, that you renew our minds, God. And that we accept you as Lord and Savior today, Lord. Not just in word, Lord God, not just in, in thought or theory, God, but we, 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 we truly want our hearts changed tonight, God, so that we can truly be fruitful, God. We are fruit of the Spirit, God, not things that we try to fabricate and make on our own, God, but things that you have created for us, God. We trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we give God a praise real quick? Hallelujah.